Hey, it's Nick, your host of the Let's Be Friends Community Chats. We'll be bringing you the recordings right here via podcast. So thank you so much for listening in and hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Um, Welcome to NFT Case Studies and Strategies. Uh, Tim and myself, Mikey, are going to be talking about the history of CryptoPunks and its importance and its significance in the NFT space. Along with this case study, we'll be talking uh, briefly about other projects that happen in the space so that you have some uh, good reference for the other projects. But um, uh, my, again, my name is Mikey. I'm a developer myself. Um, I'm a software developer and I'm part of the VFriends family. Tim, go ahead and introduce yourself so that everybody knows who else I'm working with. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So uh, I'm Tim. I, I'm not a developer, <laughs> but... Uh... I have an early adoption to this uh, this NFT space again through the through the V friends and found a, a lot of useful information and uh, d- definitely been a lot of learning let's say from uh, getting involved with lots of various projects along the way so it's uh, it's been nice to to see a an OG project from from times past so it's it's been good fun. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll talk a little bit of history of uh, CryptoFunks first before Tim gets into some of the nitty gritty uh, numbers and stats that he's found, which was, which are great numbers to, to read about or to learn about. Um, so CryptoPunks was actually released back in June of 2017 by two Canadian developers, uh, Go Canada, uh, Matt Hall and John Watkinson. And to this day, Larva Labs, which is the name of the company that they formed and CryptoPunks was uh, made under, it's still just uh, is both of them. They're two passionate guys about art and t- art and technology. Uh, they were developers and they did it on the side, and they just decided to do CryptoPunks and stretch the, you know, stretch the the limits of what a smart contract is, of what a token actually means. So they decided to put art on the blockchain using ERC-20. Um, they wrote ERC-20 tokens. And just to let you know, ERC-20 tokens are the Ethereum-based tokens. And ironically enough, Ethereum itself is not an ERC-20 token. But, you know, like 0x, USDC, Polygon, like all of those are technically all, well, no, not technically, they are all ERC-20 tokens. And it's called ERC-20 because it's an ERC-20 standard. Now, when they released uh, um, CryptoPunks, they weren't the only NFT project that was around. They're not the first NFT project. There was a lot. There were many other NFT projects back then. Um, however, uh, because of how well the code was written, I don't want to say how well because um, we we'll, we'll see later that it wasn't really written that well. But because of how easy the code was written, it helped. Uh, to become the standard of what is ERC721 today, a non-fungible token. And that's why there's a lot of historical value to the CryptoPunks. Yeah, so go ahead and take it away, uh, Tim. (laughs) No worries. So I'm going to blow you away with some stats right now. So uh, as as Mikey said, they, they originally minted back on the 23rd of June, 2017. And uh, their sales were around about the 0.1 ETH mark, thereabouts. Uh, they sold roughly 20 to 30 punks in the in, in those first few days of launching. And uh, <clears throat> as as time went on, the, the 
project actually kind of died out a little bit and um it wasn't actually until they started to get to published into certain magazines and uh things like that um, so they they had a, a a publication from a an online uh magazine uh called mashable they did a like an article uh, on them and the the crypto punks literally sold out 10,000 10, tokens sold out within hours. So it had gone mm-hmm. from 20 to 30 within the, a few days. Article comes out, sell out in, in hours. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, but then in June 2018, so this is a year later, mm-hmm. they were then selling for 0.2 ETH. So, yeah, still a nice, nice turnaround there for the early days. A year later again, so June 2019, they were then selling for 0.66. June 2020. So, sorry, so go just on. to, uh, I just wanted to cut right, uh, cut in real quick, uh, Tim. I'm sorry. Just to let you know, their minting price was 0.1 in June 2017, and what that price was is $28. So the minting price for oh, a yeah. crypto punk back then was $28. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, so uh, again, so June 2020, we're now to 2.17 ETH. And as of June this year, uh, your CryptoPunks were worth 26.1 ETH, with the highest sale on OpenSea being 150 ETH, and the current floor to it today is 40 plus ETH. And as we know, the, today's prices are, are significantly higher than where they were four years ago. Uh, I remember another stat that you came uh, that that you talked to me about was like. 98% or whatever of its volume happened within the last uh, six months. Yeah, can you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So the uh CryptoPunks has traded 200 million dollars worth of transactions at the moment and the 98% of that 200 million was literally done in the last few months. So that there wasn't actually a set date on that, but you for argument's sake, let's even just say that's 6 months. They've done 98% of 200 million in 6 months. I mean <laughs> It's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, in, during our research and you know, uh, trying to examine what makes an NFT project successful, one of the things that Tim and I realized is that it has to be run like a business. It's not like build it and they will come. A lot of that is actually happening right now with NFT projects because NFTs are hot. It's it's similar. I mean. Gary called it. It's similar to the dot-com days uh, when literally pets, like pets.com, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember, but that's one of the, it was like, it's called vaporware, but pets.com launched. It didn't even have a, it didn't even have a website and it was valued at like, back then this was a lot of money, but like 10, 10, 20 million dollars. Um, so it was crazy. Like they didn't even have a website. It was just like pets.com literally. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it's valued this much. So right, um, so that's why that's happening right now with a lot of NFT projects. Uh, there's a lot of speculation going on. People are just day trading um, uh, NFTs, and which I'm not hating. I think that's great. Um, but you know, if you really want a successful uh, NFT project, uh, you need to run it like a business. And um, I'll let Tim go into the specifics about that. So what uh, CryptoPunks did? So going off the back of their early success in the, the Mashable article, uh, they then started to get 
more traction in the the more generalized market for uh, the, the masses and they started to get uh, newspaper articles so they got advertising in the new york times um they've been in other publications as well and actually christie's auctions has taken them under their wing as well and made a huge announcement because the the creators are actually uh, auctioning off nine uh quite desirable um punks as well and <laughs> who knows what price they're actually going to fetch you know especially with as many of us know that Christie's is a, a an auction house that uh, is renowned for selling high ticket items uh, and is associated with a couple of other nft projects that some of us again may be may be aware of but f from getting these this attention into the masses is what's brought not only the people who are already into crypto into the nft space it's bringing people who aren't even into crypto into the nft space and that although there is a a steeper learning curve for those people and I, I was one of them prior to to v friends i mean i was uh, an adopter straight through crypto into nfts so crypto punks as as would have captured people like me through these publications and especially when you start to get the fomo of that you know this is a great opportunity and you you want to be a part of it you want to you want to have that success along with everybody else it's like human nature um but yeah so that's that's one reason why they've they really have started to build it as a business and and getting dealings with people like within like the the silicon valley ceos uh like the venture capitalists famous youtubers get got involved poker stars major business personalities so with, with all these people it they they have their own influence and as lots of us know word of mouth advertising is the, the greatest uh, form of advertising so if someone says oh you should check this out curiosity gets the better of a lot of people just to look at it and if they feel inspired or trust the person who's telling them that information they're naturally just going to follow suit and and you know um as with any company you know marketing is one aspect of it well and the other important aspect is the product itself so although cryptopunks did not have any utility um and still doesn't have any utility other than like, hey, look, I'm like an OG avatar, which is actually pretty cool. But uh, I guess that's the utility itself. Um, it does need to have a, any NFT project or any product for that matter. It has to have good product and or any and good marketing, which is how a business is run. So if any of you are planning to launch an NFT project, you know, may, um, I think one key takeaway from from um, our case study that that we found is uh, to run it like a business. You gotta have good marketing, but you also have a good have to have a good product. So uh, it's something to think about as uh, along our NFT journeys, and not just uh, launching an NFT project, but also when looking at other NFT projects and whether or not they will be successful. Um, you know, along with that, it, uh, you know, as long as with any company, it doesn't mean that CryptoPunks was perfect at all. I posted a few links up on uh, the case studies and strategies in. Um, the let's be friends discord um the first link that i posted is the original CryptoPunk smart contract uh you'll notice it's not an erc 721 but then after that i posted a twitter uh a twitter uh feed or yeah a twitter feed uh by this guy fubar who explained um the original contract and how bad it actually was like how there was a major bug and uh basically 
the bug in that contract is whoever was the one who bought a crypto punk can withdraw their money from the from you know from the smart contract of where the money was received so that was a major bug so basically what you what would happen is if you bought a crypto punk the way they programmed it is that you could immediately withdraw the money after you received your crypto punk like talk about a huge bug right there so you're basically getting your crypto punks for free uh they had to you know uh here's the thing about the blockchain they uh everything is immutable on the blockchain meaning once you publish it on the blockchain that's it there's no going back so if you publish a smart contract that's why it's important to work with good developers if you're uh, putting on an nft project uh, if you publish uh yeah if you uh publish a smart contract on the blockchain and people start minting from that smart contract well there's no recourse in gathering all the tokens again until unless you just tell people hey we're going to deprecate this smart contract you have to please get a new CryptoPunk or wrap this new CryptoPunk or your CryptoPunk in this new smart contract, which is what they did. So they wrap their uh, CryptoPunk in a new smart contract. If you click on that link for the smart contract, you'll see there's a link there. Click here for the new CryptoPunk smart contract. This is an old one. So yeah, um, that's that. And, 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 you know, like, just like any other company, you know, everybody makes mistakes. So, um, you know, as long as you own, own up to it and you tell everybody and are transparent, then I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, uh, with, oh, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say right on the coattails of um, making mistakes. <laughs> There's a, uh, in the crypto sp uh, punk space, there is uh, one person who's became quite famous for making a, a very large financial mistake, let's say. Uh, so many of us have had uh, tokens that we, have sold for a profit felt really good in the moment and then realized that actually we even though we've made profit which is which is always good profit is profit and we, we should never take anything away from that but it always hurts a little bit to know that if we'd have held it just that little bit longer that we could have made some some more money and uh there is a, a famous person within the, the crypto punk community who actually owned over a thousand of these 10,000 tokens and he held them up until last year and sold every single one of them and just to go back to the stats of that so that was selling at two point uh, basically two ETH per so don't get me wrong still made a great profit I know the price of ETH was lower uh, last year as well but yeah, for, for him that would be a, a huge win however if he'd have sold those now He's looking at 40 plus ETH each. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he was renowned for, for being somebody who let go too early. So if you're ever feeling bad about letting your tokens go too early, there is somebody who's done it bigger and better than you, I assure you. Um, on the flip side of that, though, there is also another member who is, who is holding roughly around 700 tokens, CryptoPunks. Uh, but he has been selling some of them, those off. So how many he actually holds right now uh, isn't actually uh, logged, but equally somebody is sat on the crypto punks well, and one of them sat on them not quite long enough. So just wanted to share that uh, if you have let go early, don't uh, don't feel too bad because 
at least it wasn't crypto punks. And to let you know what the average price of like Ethereum, when he sold it, it was hovering between 200 and $400, not the crazy prices that we're at today. So he sold all of his crypto punks for two ETH. Yeah, granted he made, you know, and that's like a thousand of them. And let's call it like at the, at the top of, of 400. So he made $800, um, uh, per crypto punk and. If he sold a thousand of them, that's like he made eight hundred thousand dollars. That's great, but imagine what he could have sold it for now. <laughs> I just feel kind of bad for him. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that that's a pretty cool anecdote. Now, um, to put this in uh, in perspective of other projects that were happening along the way, I also uh, pasted a or uh, yeah, posted a. An image that I found on Twitter, also in the case studies and strategies, and this could be helpful for all of you who are looking to invest in the historical NFTs. Um, it's basically a timeline from 2015 to 2019 of all the different NFTs that launched back then. So this is actually really useful for those of you who are trying to make a um, a play at different NFTs. But if you see there, CryptoPunks launched, you know, wasn't the first one at all. You know, it was and uh, there was Curio cards before that. There was also also Etheria, and uh, Tim has an interesting story about Etheria that he can touch on real quick. But in case you don't know, Etheria is technically the very first uh, NFT, um, not an ERC twenty one, but NFT, and not only NFT but Metaverse. So, yeah, t t tell him a little bit about Etheria, Tim. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, yeah, so Ethereum was a a land-based NFT, so your likes of your your sandbox and uh, and those kind of um, style NFTs, and um, they created it. They sold next to none to begin with. The the, the guy mothballed the mothballed the project, did nothing with it because um, it it wasn't a wasn't a success by any any stretch. Um, Think uh, projects like the CryptoPunks, uh, CryptoKitties, uh, and a few other projects were starting to gain a bit of traction. Actually, starting to make what of the time would be deemed real money. And um, the the creator of this thought, oh, this will be maybe I should go back and you know, look look at the these old projects because there, there'd be some kind of nostalgia that you it is the first NFT and. Um, he actually rebooted the entire project. He did um, a, a couple posts on Twitter over the course of the weekend, and he sold every single item of every single square of land over the course of the weekend. He made somewhere in the region of about $1.2 million over one weekend. And um, he, much like the, the projects that we see, there was a, a discord around it and uh, a community that was building. And, um, the the creator decided that this would be a great time to to disappear and took the money, and uh, it was what uh, many of us would certainly recognise as a as the rug pull. So, yeah, the, the creator decided he was going to run off with run off with the money and do absolutely nothing with the project. Um, I must admit, I didn't look into the the project after that to see if the the community had done anything with it afterwards. But the the sheer fact that the the creator of it decided that um, that was the thing to do. 
So that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, Ethereum is the original rug pull. It's the original NFT project and the original rug pull. So it goes to show how we have to be careful in this space of uh, of which NFT projects we trust and which we don't, because um, you know a lot of them can choose to be anonymous, as we've seen recently with some projects. You know, they shall not be named. But yes, uh, we got to be very careful and uh, and seeing who's involved in the projects. Uh, that's why, like, I like what Larva Labs did uh, with CryptoPunks and letting everybody know who what the, who their identity is. And that's why I think they've sustained continued success since then. You know, they've they've also launched Mebits and um, crap, I forgot the other projects that they launched. But yeah, Mebits is one of them. And um, you can put it in the I think it's a um, the central land uh, you can use your MeBits in, um, you know, other NFT projects, you know, like Jimmy ETH, one of the OGs, he openly says who he is, but be careful of any projects that you don't know who the team is. And they just use an avatar and a pseudonym for their name. And they all say, they all claim it's in the name of anonymity. But when you're giving somebody your, their money, I think it's important who you know, who you do business with. Um, that's just my personal opinion, but it's, um, it's extremely important, important, and I think will also be important in in the success of any NFT project, uh, knowing who the founder and the team is, and the developers and all that. And also, you know, if you start your own NFT project, um, also like if you, uh, you know, to go back uh, uh, to CryptoPunks, but also the NFTs that were starting in that space, to contrast that with say CryptoKitties which right now a lot of people deem worthless because there's so many of them, but they were the big uh, crypto kitties uh, because of the sheer amount of breeding that it can do. Uh, that's why it's worthless. Unless you get a Genesis Zero. Genesis Zero had 50,000 crypto kitties, meaning they were the ones first minted by the original developers, which is Dapper Labs. And you guys may know them. They're the ones who created Top Shot um yeah so uh, i just want to contrast their project uh to crypto punks just so that uh you know you'll have a good reference but crypto kitties you know they started with 50,000 kitties and then um you can then breed them and then it created gen 1 gen 2 all kinds of different uh variations but because there's so many of them um uh yeah they're not as valuable as crypto punks i don't want to say they're worthless but they're not as valuable you can find them on OpenSea. Um, but there's so many of them. Um, but the cool thing that they did, though, it's now its own living ecosystem, like of breeding. They don't touch or they don't do anything with that code. It's on the Ethereum blockchain. It's programmed with a smart contract and the breeding just occurs. You just create new traits and it just continues to create new traits and new kitties. And uh, yeah, like uh, that's I think it's a great example of how you can create a program and you could create its own ecosystem and, and it's really decentralized. They no longer have control of the community nor um, nor control the code. It's on the blockchain and everybody's just uh, doing their thing, uh, breeding kitties. So just wanted to contrast that story. I, I don't know if you had anything to add about crypto kitties, Tim. Uh, not on the, the kitties specifically, um, but I think that that wheels us quite nicely onto uh, rarity like the the different rarities that are within them and the projects that have came out of the crypto punks as well i think that's uh wheels us on quite nicely to that 
I know that you've done a bit more detail of the the actual rarities um, of them of the of the punks, but uh, the the stat that I managed to to grab to add to it was that uh, apparently there are six little over six thousand male punks and just shy of four thousand female punks. So if anybody is in a position to be picking up any punks, then for a rarity perspective, you may want to be looking at the female ones because there are less of them. And then there will be traits within the female ones, which again will be making your punk rarer still. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. I forgot. We didn't talk about the stats of like what the crypto punks were actually made of. I'm sorry. We've just been talking about like Larva Labs and the company and like numbers behind it. But, you know, um, like Tim was saying, there are 10,000 unique crypto punks. They're all unique, one of ones. However, uh, the commons that are known, I mean, as it's known, are humans. They're mostly humans. Um, but then there are like three special types. The first special type is a zombie, which there are only 88 zombies. The next is uh, are called apes, which are, and they look like apes. There's only 24 of them. And to give you some, uh, yeah, and that's why uh, when Gary V purchased uh, that CryptoPunk for 1600 ETH a uh, few weeks back, was it two or three weeks back? That was an ape specifically. And there's only 24 out of the 10,000. That's why it was so expensive, the rarity. And the rarest of the rare of all crypto punks are aliens, and there's only nine of them. So I don't, I think that's the, yeah, I don't know if any of those sold just yet. If they did, um, it would have sold for a lot of money. So again, there's three special types. Other, so humans are the commons. Zombies are next at 88 of them. Apes are 20, uh, Apes are after that, and there's 24 of them. And then there are aliens, which there are nine of them. And a fun little fact, um, if I remember correctly reading on Twitter, I forgot to say the thread, but the Board Ape Yacht Club is actually inspired by the CryptoPunks apes. So that's why you have like these apes. That's like our CryptoPunks, but go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, so that's uh, that's really interesting how that, uh from a what would be deemed as a, a real OG project that then has spawned another project that has done incredibly well yeah, in its own right, to be fair. But uh, as far as my stats and, I, I, as you can tell, I like numbers. So I, I'm the, I, was, uh, I was very interested on, on the difference uh, of, of their actual statistics. Um, but uh, that, that's me out of numbers now, I'm afraid. Yeah, cool. So, you know, I think we're, uh, you know, I, I think we gave a pretty good overview and history of CryptoPunks and with some reference to other NFT projects. Uh, you know, uh, Nikki, if it's okay with you, we can now open it up to questions. Uh, quick question, if, uh, if there's not no other question in the list. Sure, just identify yourself, Loic, just so that people know who you are who are listening to the recording. Anyone who takes the mic. This is Nicole speaking. Um, just go ahead and introduce yourself so our listeners know um, who's part of the conversation. And thank you so much, Mikey and Tim, for that incredible, like, just recap of what has gone on in the NFT space and who paved the way and why it's important.
Um, I think you touched on a lot of really great uh, tips as far as what to look for in different um, case studies. And I just really appreciate you guys being here and really setting the stage for these conversations that we have. So Loic, without further ado, please introduce yourself and feel free to pass the mic uh, to the next person. Sure. Uh, so my name is Loic. Um, I'm currently creating a, a cool little collection of uh, handmade planets. One of them is on my profile pic. And uh, yeah, since it's a friends um, clubhouse, I have the uh, Peaceful Pelican Go. So yeah, I was lucky to get that. Uh, so my question is, um, for most people, CryptoPunks are completely out of reach, even more so than uh, Bored Apes. So what, what do you guys think about the whole um, derivative world of, of punks? There's, there, there are so many derivatives. Um, recently, COVID punks have been working really well. Do you think that because the main, the original collection is so powerful, such a brand that it goes all the way to Christie's, that there is a game to be played and some gains to be made uh, in the derivative world, and how would you, how would you pick out of all the possible weird alt punks? I'll, I'll start, I guess. Um, so I would say that very high level, I would say yes, that there are opportunities and money to be made. Uh, and I also think that with every derivative of the CryptoPunks actually only adds fire uh, to them, that the CryptoPunks will continue to gain momentum because of these derivatives. It's, I don't think it will actually be taking anything away from them because pe people will be associating these derivative projects with the CryptoPunks. So they'll be like, oh, this, this looks like a punk. And then if somebody doesn't know what that is because they're having a conversation, it could be like, oh, yeah, well, CryptoPunks is, is the OG. And they're like, oh, okay, so let's have a look at what that is. And it, it keeps it keeps that momentum going within the CryptoPunk uh, community as well. Yes, I do agree. It's it's certainly out of range for a lot of people. Um, but I think that there's, there's certainly money to be made in the derivative side of it. Um, in terms of what would make them success, like, quote, unquote, Un successful or unsuccessful in that space it would be really hard to say it would be the, the the two main things i'd be looking for is community and marketing how well is it being marketed um and where is it being marketed and is the community trying to be something else or are they trying to be like as a, a homage to the crypto punks because that would be two completely different style of community in my opinion so it it would it would come down to those two if it was if it was me trying to to decipher it i don't know if you've got anything different mikey yeah no along those same lines you know i would be looking at um i definitely think there's a uh, room for deriv derivative uh projects whether it's crypto punks or any other ones you know like uh any other derivative projects um the reason why is if you really look at the numbers there's only ten thousand. Crypto punks. Not everybody's gonna get one, but everybody wants one. You know, it's kind of like the same thing. Like I'll I'll, I'll use a different uh, analogy. For example, like Jordan no longer makes shoes, and you know some of us were are old enough 
to see Jordan in his heyday and own a pair of Jordans. Well, you know, some people really want a pair of Michael Jordans because he's like the OG uh, superstar basketball. I mean, not the OG superstar, but he's the number one. He's the GOAT. There you go. He's the GOAT. And, uh, but, you know, there's future generations that rose up, whether it's Kobe or LeBron, and now people are getting their shoes. I know it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I mean, you know, technically it's a derivative of of a Nike shoe and um, people are valuing those as well. Uh, now it's the social aspect of it, of what like Tim was saying, community, what's behind it, who's behind it and the marketing. And, you know, now because of utility, like, is there any utility? Well, what else can you perceive as value? Um, an interesting conversation we were having um, uh, with some people in, in Discord is that, you know, right now for us who are deep into the NFT game, we're getting a little bit of avatar fatigue. There's so many NFT avatar projects that are popping up, but you got to remember we're deep in this game. A lot of us on here are on Clubhouse at least once a day. We're, we're all on Discord every day, but you got to remember if even if you count the top 10 NFT projects, that's 10,000. Let's just assume it's 10,000 because some are less, some are more. Let's say it's 10,000 per project. It's the top 10. That means there's only 100,000 top NFT avatar projects uh, that are out there. Now, how many people are there in the world? Okay, there's a lot. Yeah, there's like seven something, seven point something billion people. And but then like how many people are in crypto? And then how many people are in a subset of crypto, which is NFTs? So the point that I'm trying to make is that there's still a lot of room in this uh, industry, in this community for other NFT projects to rise up and, you know, be in the top 10, top 20. Um, e say, yeah, even if you're in the top 20, um, you know, that's 200,000 avatar projects. That's still not a lot, you know, uh, to give you a reference, that's not, yeah, that, that's not, that's not even a country. That's like a big city. So, uh, there's definitely uh, room for to make money in terms of CryptoPunks derivatives. Uh, you just got to, you know, look at the social, like look at the community, look at the, the product and look at the art and see if it vibes with you. Cool. Any other questions from anybody? Hi, good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, great overview of CryptoPunks. Definitely educated me. This is uh, Justin. And uh, a V friend that I have is my um, chill chinchilla spec that I was able to pick up at floor. And uh, yeah, so just kind of going into the OG space with CryptoPunks, obviously that's uh, brought a lot of attention to a lot of the, I guess, the first in this space. Um, do you think... I know you guys mentioned the smart contract probably being a, a big part of why a lot of attention was brought to this specific project. But you think uh, with the CryptoPunks um, increasing in value and attention, uh, that is kind of leaning more attention to other OGs. And uh, what kind of value do you think, um, you know, these other OG projects might offer in the long run um i can i can start i think uh the og projects will always uh, provide value provide uh with the caveat that there are 
it's limited in amount. So it's always, I mean, when you go back to the basics of, uh, you know, of economics, it's like supply and demand. So that's why, you know, I contrasted it with CryptoKitties because CryptoKitties, I mean, it technically it can be an unlimited amount. They can continue to breed forever and ever, you know, whereas CryptoPunks, there will always be 10,000. In 2017, there were 10,000. Now there's 10,000. And we don't even know if it's actually 10,000 because were any of them burned? We don't know. Did anybody, did people who were, who got it just forgot about it? We don't know that either. So it could be actually be less than 10,000. Um, so now if you, you know, just like what Gary's doing, looking for OG projects with historical value, I think people have, are looking into that now. And that's why like, you know, for example, Etherox is like crazy in value too. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, but I'm just like, for me, like I personally, just this is just my personal uh, opinion and my personal taste. I would never buy an Ether Rock, even though it's historical in value because I don't vibe with the art. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's worth as much as it's going for, you know? And then the Pepe's, what what are they called? The something Pepe's, the, the do you, uh, does anybody know what I'm talking referring to that? Let me look it up. I have it up here. It's like, it's, it's that frog. Like it was an NFT project too. And that's an OG one. And not a lot of people are buying that, you know, but like for me, um, I like, I'm looking specifically at the, at moon cats. Uh, I like that project. I think it's cool. That pixelated cat, uh, you know, curio cards I thought is actually pretty cool. Um, but right now I think it's priced too high. I may get into it later. And the whole thing is you have to collect all of them and it's hard to collect all of them because the whole set, like, like I think number 26, there's only one of them. So you'll never ever get like the whole set of the of curio cards. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think there is definitely a spot, especially for, you know, historical thing, uh, historical NFT projects and high value in there, just like with art too. With a real controversial opinion, I, I don't think that um, any project that is around right now is the project like i think to put that in perspective i think that the the era that we're in at the moment if we if we take it to something quite recent so social media let's say i think we're in the myspace and bebo days so i think that although myspace you know was massive for its time i, I think we're still waiting for facebook instagram twitter i think we're waiting for these to still arrive so I, I think that we are that early in the NFT space personally, but uh, only time will, will see if my uh, thesis is correct or not. Awesome. Thank you for your perspective. And yeah, that, that was a great insight. That's cool. A anybody else got any questions? Is there any questions in the chat, Nikki? At the moment, we don't. Um, oh, hold on. Okay, I, I do, I'm having some back channel with one person. Um, they haven't dropped their question in the queue. Let me see um, if they, they said their question is no longer relevant. Um, did you want to open up the conversation to anything else? We could end the recording and go ahead and open up the floor. It's entirely up to Matt. Did you have something? Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I do have one question. So this is Matt um, Mesfero, um And uh, just a quick question for, for the two of you. Um, what uh, what are your thoughts around crypto strikers? And the reason I ask that question is because Gary is pumping that project really hard, both in the Discord and on Twitter. Um, so would love your perspectives on that. 
me personally, I'm not getting involved and I don't intend to get involved. Um, as you've probably gathered from my accent, I'm from the UK and football is a, sorry, soccer to you guys. is <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay. something that uh, is incredibly popular over here. And uh, we have a uh, a unique love for it let's say <laughs> um so i would imagine that that ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people over here specifically um but i've never really got the bug for it personally and i don't see me getting involved with an nft of it either that, that's that's my view of it yes i'm sure that there is money to be had but i would rather put my focus into to other projects personally yeah, I feel the same way. I'm uh I'm not a big soccer slash OG football fan at all. Um I probably watched like two World Cups, but that's it. Uh I've never watched any other soccer other than like my friends' kids playing. Uh yeah, and played it when I was a kid, but I was never into soccer. So for me again it's it's, it's preference. I think that's what everybody should uh think about as well in terms of NFTs if you really vibe with it you know, go for it. You know, I think uh, everybody's thinking too much of like a money game and thinking like, oh, is this going to be worth something? But, you know, uh, there's no way we'll be ever, we'll be able to be involved in every single NFT project. There, I mean, the numbers don't match up with supply and numbers, you know, I'm assuming numbers won't match up with your funds. Uh, not you personally, Matt, but just with anybody. I mean, it's just ridiculous to just try to get into every single NFT project. So I think personal preference is actually very important here, especially when we're dealing with art. If you, you know, same thing with like, you know, I would say about wines to, you know, as another analogy, you know, what may be good for you, what you like in terms of wines may, somebody may not like. So same thing with art, you know, like, you know, Tim has a deadhead. I didn't get a deadhead myself. Uh, I wasn't into that, uh, but, you know, it's cool that he's into that. Uh, you know, so some people like, you know, Justin has a cool cat. I wish I got into a cool, into the cool cats, but I never got a cool cat myself. So, you know, um, that's why I'm looking into getting into, you know, the moon cats or even the gutter cats are pretty cool. Um, yeah, so it really is just preference, I, I would say. Um, you know, um, one thing that I really do like is the world of women, which I didn't get in on, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I think in terms of historical uh in historical nfts it's going to do really really well i can jump in uh on uh crypto strikers uh but more generally regarding like gary's move and this type of uh, the type of activity that he has right now um so the first time that he pumped something like that openly was deadheads and it created a a, a huge wave uh, of new purchases and uh, and um, a lot of sales, basically. Now, what was peculiar about that uh, about that pump was that it was pre-reveal, so things completely changed when uh, when the reveal came out uh, came out, and um, and the prices went down, and they're now they're they're lower than when he pumped the project. For something like Crypto Strikers, it's a very different approach. So there is a uh, there is a global move towards those OG projects, and I would really recommend uh, anyone having a look at the timelines that are now being um, uh, released 
uh, on Twitter or uh, discords and whatnot about those OG projects, you'll see things like so the, the Etherrock uh, that Mikey was talking about, uh, things like Crypto Crystals, uh, tons of little projects like that that have some significance. And Crypto Trackers is one of them. And it is, I think it is supposed to be the first sports um, NFT project on, uh, on Ethereum. Now, the dynamic with this particular project is really different from the rest because we're, we're talking about real players with actual real value in the real world. So let's say you hold, for simplicity, I'm going to take one of the most uh, famous ones, uh, um, Messi. If you buy a Messi because he's the great of all, greatest of all time, you will always have some value. Whether they're rare uh, in terms of numbers, uh, in terms of NFTs, I mean, or not, it will always hold value. And because he's the greatest, um, even if he starts becoming less impactful in the real world, he will always keep some value. The issue with the, uh, the rest of the players is that some might be hot today because they scored a few goals or they're having a great season. And other times uh, they might just go like completely miss their their football and um, and that the value will, will go hand in hand with what's happening in, in real life. Regardless of the dynamics of the sales, the value of your NFT will be tied to the real player. So it requires, I think, a, a bit more research than normal NFTs. That being said, Gary's pumping this one so hard. Like he's, it's, he's really changed his game. He, he, he pumps this stuff like so intensely that um, I think you will always benefit from maybe buying some sort of a recognizable player, not necessarily the floor, but slightly above the floor for some name that is, uh, that is recognizable. And maybe you can ride that, that wave. But um, I, would, I would also say that the big um, delta in price probably happened two weeks ago. Um, so I'm not too sure if um, if now things are going down or if they're going to stay stable. I might be wrong. It is an, an OG project. It will always be an OG project. Maybe in three months, they will be up, like way, way up. But I'm not too sure. And the last thing that I wanted to say about the fact that it, it's real players is that there is a, a potential risk for... Um, so it's always complicated legal stuff in the blockchain, but I doubt that they have the rights to use those names and sell uh, using the like Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, Messi, and everything. So while it's unlikely that they're gonna get uh, a strike or like a a takedown, like a copyright takedown or anything like that, whenever you're dealing with something that uses uh, someone else's IP whether it's Disney or Star Wars or a, a famous player, there's a bit of a risk that, you know, if it gains momentum, maybe Cristiano Ronaldo is going to look at this and say, what's going on here? I have a deal with another brand who's going to create some, uh, some cards, some football cards. We cannot allow my face to be on this card because this is not like I'm not getting any royalties or whatnot. So I would say... If you buy any of those, because all afternoon I was looking at the prices, trying to find like some uh, some interesting uh, player to buy. I ended up not buying any. 
And I was thinking, yeah, there's a bit of a risk, but maybe I can ride the Gary wave and then sell back in a few days, like in a week. Uh, actually, one more thing about the crypto strikers and in general for things like courier cards and um, I guess CryptoPunks back in the day. These are projects that were using a different technology back then. And in order for them to appear on OpenSea, they need to be wrapped. So that's why you will see projects saying wrapped. Um, this one is actually called wrapped strikers on OpenSea, not crypto strikers, because they're taking the technology, wrapping them up, and then making it available for uh, people on OpenSea. What this means is that if you see, let's say, 20, like edition 20 of 120, it doesn't mean that there are 120 of that player available on OpenSea because people need to manually wrap uh, their token, their NFT, so that it appears on OpenSea. So something might be more, more rare than you think, and maybe only, I don't know, five players, five tokens of that player were, were wrapped on OpenSea, and the rest are on some wallet, dead somewhere, and completely uh, not ported to the new system. So that's another thing to keep in mind because um, for courier cards, for example, some of the cards have a lot, a lot of uh, uh, of editions, but it's it's not even finished because it's possible for people to continue to to wrap their uh, their cards. I think so. There might be more coming uh, coming in the future, and if there's more and more editions of a single card, it makes it less rare which makes it less valuable. So it's, it's something to keep in mind when you're looking at OG projects, that what you see is not always what you get in the sense that it might be more coming through um, and you don't want that. So yeah, that's my, that's my take on the, uh, the crypto, crypto strikers, web strikers, basically. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for that perspective. I, you know, it, it's interesting to me because to your point, uh, I actually saw this on their Discord that um, I don't know if it was a mod or the creator or whoever it might have been, but they were saying that they're not officially licensed. So to your point, there's a big risk there, right? What happens if one of these players says, hey, you can't use my likeness without giving me royalties? One of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to have to burn those tokens, not use them anymore, or they're going to have to pay for those royalties uh, to continue to use the likeness um, on those particular cards. So I just I find it very interesting about how hard Gary is pushing it. I mean, even as we were talking here, you just tweeted about come to the Discord and let's talk about crypto uh, strikers. It's very interesting when I look at, and I don't know if I'm reading this incorrectly or not, but when I look at his wallet, um, a lot of these, it looks like I don't know if he minted them or or if he was given them or whatever, but you can't see like a price history on some of these. And I don't know if that's a, um, a function of when you mint, it doesn't show the original mint price or if he was gifted these, I, I'm not exactly sure. Not that it matters and not, I'm not sure if that's how, why or how he would pump it. But um, anyways, just thought I would ask about, about that. Hey everyone, it's Nicole here. A couple things. Um, I love this conversation. I just wanna um, remind everyone this is not financial advice. Um, everything here is super subjective to everyone's personal opinion and um, just kind of like dissecting this from all different angles. Again, I want to remind everyone that as much as Gary does um, 
be transparent about the projects that he's supporting. He also does remind everyone to do their own research. So um, it gets a little risky, I feel like, uh, saying the word pump a lot because he definitely also reiterates that even though he likes a project, that does not necessarily mean it's a good project for you. Um, so although a lot of people are jumping on the Gary wave, as you call it, um, that does not necessarily mean that that is a smart choice. I think we can see that that has played out in certain situations for people who uh, maybe didn't do their particular research onto something. And, and I do want to just um, touch on why I think that Gary is attracted to what you're talking about. I don't know if anyone saw, but he had shared something about Burke Ross. Did anyone see that article he shared? Anybody? Nope. No. So Burke Ross was a photographer. It was like a 1950s or whatever. And I think, bear with me here, um, but I believe he was taking um, photos and they became uh, like baseball cards. And I think Gary made mention of them being like his favorite card or something. And I'm not sure exactly what the value is of them now, but I know there was a Supreme Court issue because of likeness, right? And there being an unlicensed issue. So um, the fact that what you're talking about has this air to it does not surprise me that he has an interest in it, but it's a personal interest, right? Because he's a sports card trader. He likes this stuff. I think there is, um, again, like I think there's like a lot of history attached to it in certain um, airs of this. So I just want to say that I think that there's a bigger, like a wider lens here. Um, and just because he's doing something doesn't necessarily mean that it's um, a good choice for you if you're looking at this as like a portfolio or an additional um, way of just like, you know, throwing your bag, I guess you want to put it. But basically, um, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I just want to be careful. I know he has a lot of influence, but it is, we are accountable ants in the VFriends community. And um, just because he does something, it doesn't mean that we follow suit. We're all individual thinkers. And I think it's really good to have the conversation and maybe look at the angles as to why he sees that. Because the cool thing about Gary is that he has this way of seeing things in the market that maybe people just aren't paying attention to. And I think you um, definitely brought up that these things would be issues. But if you look at the longevity of that, like it could still have significance in the long run because it had issue, right? Um, so I don't know. I think that there's there's different reasons why people choose to pick up things. And I think when you talked about um, the particular players too, I think that was really great um, advice. But once again, this is not advice. I just think that's a really great angle. Um, because as, as Gary always says too, like you're, you're betting on, you know, the jockey, right? So I guess in that case, that is attached to their real world value. Um, so I think that every NFT project is different. I don't, I know we, we even said something about normal NFT project. I don't think there is a normal in this space. I definitely think that there's like trendsetters. And I think, um, this, these OG projects that we were talking about, you know, Mikey and Tim, thank you so much for talking about CryptoPunks. Um, with such thoroughness and even bringing up crypto kitties, I think talking about how they're generative like that and how they can create um, so much surplus is a really important thing to look at, especially with the hotness of these generative projects right now. So um, I just wanted to mention that. I don't know if anyone else wants to look into that. I will totally drop the uh, link for that right now into the Discord. Mario, it looked like you had a question. Um... Uh, he asked, so which projects do you think will follow the same path in the next three to six months and put themselves in a position where the floor is 2x than current, for example? Um, 
Do you mind expanding on that? If you can talk, I don't know if you're with your son right now or something. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. So for example, uh, I'm just going to pick like the cool cats or yeah, just for example. So they're doing obviously very well. Um, and now I, 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 it's interesting to see like um, right now as people are liquidating, it seems like two blue chip projects. Um, do you think cool cats is one of those right now? Or do you think they still have a little bit more time to prove themselves? And then what other projects are in that same uh, boat where they're still like, like Vogus or any metas or any other projects that you think would, would kind of follow that suit? Uh, somebody else can go ahead and take that question. I, I've kind of stopped following a lot of the projects, but Cool Cats is one of them that I've followed. And I think it's actually pretty cool. Um, however, other than that, and like say, even Deadheads, I would say is actually one of those projects, even though it dipped a little. Um, but other than that, I don't know what other projects may be. And uh, yeah, may may have that that same potential if somebody else wants to ring in. So I would say lots of projects have the potential to to step up. Um, I mean, I, I'm holding a couple of tokens that uh, are projects specifically that I think are going to do well. Um, so again, not financial advice, but I have quite a few deadheads. Uh, I know that we've spoke that Gary gave it a bit of a pump in to begin with, which um, rocketed the, the floor mm -hmm. price and then they they fell after reveal. But they've been doing quite a lot to to bring that floor price back up again. And um, they're, they're definitely getting momentum back, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. Another one, another project that uh, I've been following quite closely again is uh, a project called uh, Lucky Manekis. Um, they've got quite a lot of tokens, so their floor takes a lot longer to to progress. But if you'd have been following that project, they've got they've probably I think five x I think since uh, in in the last sort of like week or two. So they're they're doing really well from their floor. They're gaining momentum again, uh, getting their marketing on track, which we spoke about with the crypto punks, which is something that's really important. Um, one that I hope actually pulls through um, is the Janky Heist. Um, I'm only holding one of those tokens because I, I wanted to, to mitigate some risk. But um, I think that project has potential to to, to go to go up. Uh, as for other projects, I don't want to, to speculate because I'm not involved with them. So I think I've not really had my finger on the pulse with those projects because I'm not personally financially involved in them. Um, but I think that there are lots of projects that are currently on the market at reasonable prices that have a potential to to become a, a future OG. There's a um, uh, there's a logic that can be followed for uh, for uh, a lot of um, uh, a lot of the very successful projects. So. For example, uh, so the, when the board date when the news came out for the board apes, and again, board apes are are uh, out of reach for a lot of people. Um, the floor went up like crazy. It, it was it was insane, but it brought along what like they brought along with them the uh, the dogs, the 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 kennel, the board ape kennel club as well. Um, so that went up from probably. 
I think it was like 1.3, 1.4 uh, floor to 2.85 in a matter of a few days. So it doubled up in a few days. It went down now, where it's, it's now back to like 2 ETH or something like that. But the idea with this is um, there will, a little bit like the, the CryptoPunks, there will always be a finite number of those apes. Uh, they will keep on getting gaining value, but you can you can get something out of the derivative uh, official collections. So like the dogs, and then very soon there's going to be mutants as well. Although I'm not too sure, I haven't looked into those at, at all. They're a little bit more pricey, of course, because getting into anything at 1.5 ETH and more, uh, it's it's a lot. But there is a, uh, I mean, there is some, uh, there's a, there's maybe a bit less risk because if you're ready to hold for longer, odds are that the board ape uh, brand is going to continue to gain momentum. More and more people are going to start looking into NFTs and what are what are they going to see? Uh, people on Twitter with blue check marks having uh, apes as their profile pick. So they're going to try to look into that and they're going to see that there's dogs. Oh, wait, there's mutants as well. I can't afford a board date. Maybe I can get a dog. And that's the, that's the logic that's going to be uh, just going to carry on um, uh, over time. And another thing that's interesting is that there are fewer dogs than there are uh, apes. Not all the dogs were, were claimed, which means that when, and it's actually on the roadmap already, uh, when the uh, dog cross ape uh, reward comes out all the, the ape owners will want to have a dog so I'm sure a lot of them have have dogs already but others don't so it might be a it might be possible to make some money there uh, you were asking about the cool cats I think out of all the profile pick pick uh, projects um, there are I mean not kind not counting crypto uh, crypto punks and, and board apes they're probably the third ones, um, and and they are close to blue chip status because of uh, what they're doing. But their community is, is is crazy. Like it's it's one of the best probably out there. But also, I mean, they're landing some pretty crazy collabs. Just recently, they announced a collab with Time Magazine, uh, which if if you take a step back, that's that's pretty huge, right? For for a bunch of cute. Uh, cute blue cats so so that's pretty amazing um i think it's going to continue going up a little bit for the same reason as the dogs in the sense that you look at the profile pics that are popular you see a lot of apes you see some dog you see uh, some some cats and then you check the prices and you're like okay maybe i can i can actually get on those uh, those cool cats so a lot of people are going to think like that as they enter the nft space which means that those cats are going to be more and more valuable. And for non-profile pick uh, projects, I think that looking there's there's a trend. Well, it's not really a trend, but more like it's something that's been happening. Uh, but it's just less. It's e not as easy to to market on on Twitter and whatnot. Um, there is a lot of interest, like a sub niche of um, generative, but generated art. Um, so, so not, I, I don't mean, um, like 10 K generated, um, profile pics, but 
art that is that is made by an AI. So it's like either dots or I don't know wavy lines or weird stuff like that. Abstract art that is created by an AI. And a lot of those projects have insane sales right now. Like we're talking about 50 ETH plus for like one one piece. So a lot of the floors are really complicated to get into. But if you find something that is sub 0.5, and uh, there is one in particular called Crypto Arte, which is one of the OGs, um, you can still get some for 0.2. And not, again, I'll, I'll say it because everyone says it, it's not financial advice, but I would I would say to look into those projects that are, that are generated by an AI, because people like this stuff for some reason. And um, and some of them are cool. Some of them are cool. You know, it's uh, like going into a museum, a museum, and seeing abstract art, and just liking it. And that's that's the type of thing that people like and are ready to buy, and spend a lot of money on, for 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 their own reasons, right? Uh, I saw just this this morning. I saw a piece that was uh, acquired for like point. I don't know. 0.4 ETH, something like that. Five days later, it was sold for 12 ETH, or or something something ridiculous like that, from 0.2 to 12, or 0.4 to 12. And it was resold five days later for a loss of 0.5 ETH, so something like 11.5, which didn't make any sense, because five days after that, so 10 days after the 12 ETH thing, it was resold for 24. So you see, there's a lot of things happening in in this like different type of art thing, um, and if you get something at 0.2 today, who knows? You might sell it for 10 ETH in a month. So it's something to look into, I would say. I think Mario has a pretty interesting story about that, don't you? Like something that you sold for 0.5 ETH that sold for crazy amount. Ye something like are you talking about the uh fuck render crystals oh yeah was it that i forgot i forgot which one you yeah it was yeah so basically i uh there's only two thousand uh supply left and he's a very popular artist and um i definitely wanted to <laughs> get in on the on the drop and the mint price was around 0. 0.4 um i was talking to some of my og friends like they've been in the in this space for a while and they kind of like helped me with the gas pricing and we came up to a number of 2501 i pulled the trigger on that and i got it so it cost 0.8 and i sold it 30 minutes later for 3.69 but but did it oh no I, I was referring to like is that the one where you said you sold it for a specific price like but then now it like 4x or 10x or something you were seeing something last night about oh, it. Oh, like Cool Cats. I was in, well, yeah, there's a bunch of projects where I sold too early. <laughs> cool Cats was definitely one of them. I flipped a bunch and uh, I got out at like 0 0.08. I meant to buy back in, but the floor went to 0 0.4 that night before I got a chance to buy back in. Ah, okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. There, I can provide so many examples. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> Sweet. Anybody else have any questions about 
CryptoPunks or any of the OG NFT projects or anybody else from, oh, my bad. I didn't want to open it up to the audience yet. Nikki, it's up to you. But yeah, I don't know if anybody else had any other questions. Yeah, one more question about uh, an OG project. Um, what do you guys know about Crypto Fighter? Uh, for me, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know of it, and that's it. Unfortunately, sorry, Matt. No, no, no worries. Um, it's my understanding it was like one of the one of the first, not the first, but one of the first like fighting type of of uh, drops way back. I think it dropped in twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen, something like that. But I didn't know too much about it. I've heard a little bit, and I know the floor. I was actually considering buying one a couple of weeks ago and it was like 0.04 and i think the floor now is 0.15 or a little bit higher than that so i know they've they've been going up because they're you know all the recent attention on og projects so just didn't know if you guys knew anything about them thanks for the insight absolutely hey i was wondering it's nicole talking do you guys have any insight on um avastars I know we just had that uh, within our community, that big giveaway, the gift to us. Does anyone know specifically details about that? Because if not, I would really love to have a session on that, um, just you know, to, to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, I, th I think with Avastars, you you could probably actually have a have an actual episode around that. To be honest, um, it, it, from the story that I, I've heard from from jimmy um from a a i i think there's there's quite a story to be to be told there um but as a as an overview for for this one i guess it's just it's a it's one of the og projects that uh came out very early on a uh, little bit after the uh crypto punks and and kitties um but it's still very popular um in the, the nft space and given that we're the uh, the Let's Be Friends community, um, and the drop with uh, with V Friends happened just a week ago. Was it a week ago? Or was it like a few days ago? I don't even remember. Um, I mean, maybe it would be fun to reach out to to Jimmy. Uh, he might pop in and say hello and just uh, answer a few questions. I think he's the type of guy who would be open to this type of thing, especially because we have a cool community. So worth a shot. I love both of those suggestions. So thank you, Tim, for touching on it. And yeah, let's, uh, let's put it on the schedule because I think that's one we should definitely highlight, especially because now so many of us have one in our wallet. And also, um, yeah, we'll reach out to him and see if he's available. I know he's a busy guy helping, um, you know, Gary and also with his own projects. But if he's available, we would absolutely love to hear directly from him. Um, that's actually a great idea. Maybe when we do talk about projects, we should reach out to a lead on their project and see if they'd be willing to give us 10 minutes and pop in. Because um, we are recording these and it could help to hear directly from the voice behind the actual project, right? Because uh, all we can do is speculate, but uh, that would be such great insight. So it's a wonderful suggestion. Um, we are a little over an hour here. We've been recording and I just um, want to say thank you to everyone who's contributed to this conversation today. We have a stage full of people. We've got Tim, Mikey, Loic, Mario, sorry, Mario, Alain, Matt, Stephen, or Justin, Stephen's view, uh, Nikki Baltimore, which is the moderator for the room, and Stephen. 
uh, McDonald knowing going by Nunzi. So um, thank you everyone who's up here. You guys have been coming here here week after week, um, answering questions and just helping us all uh, really navigate the NFT space, figuring out how we can be smart and conscious about um, what projects that we're researching and how to do the research, which is really important, especially if you're new here and you're not an OG and you haven't been here since 2017. So um, if you're a newbie, hopefully you get value from this. Um, we know we kind of just dove right in and there was no uh, background education about NFTs, but we can link up some of that information in the show notes and give you a little foundational in insight to some uh, resources that we trust here. And um, we hope you'll tune back in. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and um, ask one more time if there is any other questions about today's show. If not, we're going to wind it down and then we'll open up the floor um, after the recording is off to anybody who has uh, additional questions. All right. Sounds good. No questions, but uh, thanks for organizing this because um, it's been great and great presentation, Tim and uh, Mikey. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. you made it thank you so much for listening to our chat in let's be friends remember we meet six times a week all the show times are eastern standard we have a 7 a.m early morning show on saturday and if you're into nfts you can come by and get a free po app badge to commemorate your visit into our clubhouse you can join us on sundays for our book club at 9 p.m monday we do these meta journeys with rv friends and that is at 8 p.m. Tuesday, we have NFT case studies and strategy at noon. Wednesday night, we have a weekly VCAP where you can find out everything that is going on in the VFriends world. And then on Thursday, we do NFT tech talk where we talk about all the things we don't understand and need to. So come and join us in the Let's Be Friends. And if you can't join us in the club, join us right here on the podcast. We'd love to hear what you think about our topic, so go ahead and leave a review or send this to a friend who needs to know. Talk to you soon.